5, verses 10 and 11, he says this, He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. The word of the Lord. See, Paul makes an assumption in this passage. I don't know if you caught it. He's assuming the people in the church are still encouraging one another. And I don't know if he's assuming that because he knows it 100% to be true. I mean, he's expecting it to be true. But he's also speaking into them going, if you are not, become this kind of people. Because this is who you can be. People of hope. People who encourage. People who don't live with despair. People who recognize that, that sometimes if we speak words to others, it can transform their very life. We can speak something that's not yet true into the life of someone else because we see it to be true. Paul's very life articulates this. Paul, who is the one who persecuted the church. Paul, who is the one who stood by and watched someone get stoned to death. Paul, who is the one reaching out, persecuting Christians to be imprisoned or executed. He encountered Jesus in a way that Jesus spoke to him. He said, Paul... This is who you have been, but here is who I am calling you to be. You just saw something in Paul that Paul didn't see in himself. He saw a truth that Paul didn't yet understand, and he spoke it into his life. And by virtue of that, it radically changed everything. And in fact, Paul changed the very fabric of the church. And it grew exponentially under Paul. It wasn't happening under the apostles. And so we begin to see that this is the reality. When someone speaks something into our life, it changes everything. In fact, we're going to watch a clip about that right now. I'm no leader. I'm not a king. I do not. I'm no leader. You think you're unworthy to lead because you're of two different worlds. But that is exactly why you are worthy. You are the bridge between land and sea. I can see that now. The only question is, can you? That's the question for all of us. How many times does someone else see something in our life that we can't see in ourselves? So Mara, in the story of Aquaman, she sees this man who says, he just finished talking about how woe is me and everything I've done hasn't worked. And so why are you thinking I'm going to be the one who saves all this? And she says to him, can you see what I see? How many of us are honest in our lives that we can't see what others see? I met with a guy just a couple weeks ago, and I said to him, what is it that keeps you from God? And his words to me were this, like, I'm just not worthy. <laughs> and I said, well, what if, what, if, what if God says you are? Because the truth is, none of us on our own feel all that worthy of much of anything. But, but here's what often happens in our lives. Often, others see in us what we can't see in ourselves. Often, others see in us what we cannot see in ourselves. What happens when we can't see something, but someone sees it in us? They begin to speak it into our life, and it begins to change us. Here's what I mean. Uh, Donald Miller, in his book, Scary Close, tells the story about how when... 
when he'd been in one more failed relationship and he was just kind of broken and he just felt like he never was going to meet this right person and he ruined every relationship because he would be kind of kind of clinging and he wanted acceptance and his worth came from the whoever he was with. And so he called his friend Bob and Bob's on the phone with him and, and Don just says, maybe I should give up and maybe I, I, I shouldn't do this and I'm just terrible at relationships. And Don says to him, or, I mean, sorry, Bob says to Don, Hey, Don, you're great at relationships. No, Bob, you don't understand. I am not good. He goes, no, no. Don, you're great at relationships. Hey, Bob, I don't know if you've been listening to this phone call, but I just told you about another failed relationship. I don't think you're listening to me. Hey, Don, you're not listening to me. Don, you are great at relationships. Don says the third time he said it, something inside me broke. And I just weeped on the phone for several minutes. And I kept hearing the whole time Bob talking back to me saying, Don, you're great at relationships. Fast forward in the story of Don's life, and he tells a story that at his wedding, Bob leaned in and whispered in his ear as the bride came down the aisle, hey, Don, you're great at relationships. He said in those moments, he said, I actually believed him for the first time. But he kept speaking into me what he saw in my life that I couldn't see. This is what happens that sometimes we just need to speak words of encouragement into the lives of others and they will begin to be radically transformed by the very words that we speak. Other times, we need to encourage that we did the right thing when it's really, really hard. I mean, have you ever done the right thing only to feel like you were rejected more because you did the right thing? I mean, you did the right thing, but inside it hurt. It was just crushing you. Maybe you spoke up for injustice and rejected because it wasn't the popular opinion. Maybe you spoke up so that you became the target instead of someone else. I mean, maybe you ended a relationship that wasn't healthy because you knew it was destroying you and that person, and so you backed out of it. Whatever the issue, sometimes we feel like we're off track and someone needs to speak encouragement that we did the right thing to get back on track in our own lives. In fact, this next scene that we're going to show is in the middle of Aquaman and Mara having this conversation where she has just kind of disowned her own family and her own background and everything about her because she believes in Arthur, the character, the person, that he can be the one and she's willing to risk everything for that because she knows it's right. Sometimes you have to do what's right. Even if your heart aches against it. Sometimes you have to do what's right. What is it in our lives that we have to do that's right? Even though our heart may ache against it. There are things that we've all chosen in our life that we live into only to recognize they're destroying us. And to break away from them actually hurts, but it's still the right thing. I mean, this becomes for us something that's really, really hard because we never know the depth of our encouraging words to encourage someone that they have made the right move or the right decision. Bob Goff tells a story of his mentor named Randy, and Randy was a young life worker, and you've, if you've been around or you did the small group study this fall, you heard the story, but, but in the story, um, 
Bob's this teenage kid, like 17-year-old kid, and he goes to this young life leader's house, and he says, hey, I'm taking off for Yosemite. I'm going to go just go hike, and I'm going to work there. I'm just going to live in the wilderness and be like an outdoor dude. And he shows up, and, and Randy, Randy can see there's something in Bob that's just close to being lost. Bob noticed that Randy's girlfriend's car was in the driveway, but didn't think much about it. And, and so Randy says, okay, give me a second. And he grabs a bag, and he comes back, and he says, Bob, I'm with you. Uh, what do you mean you're with me? I'm going with you. Let's go. They pile in Bob's car, and they take off, and they head up to Yosemite, and, and they get there in the area. And so, so on the way, Randy says to Bob, what's the plan? Bob, what are we going to do? And he says, well, I, I'm going to get a job tomorrow. And Randy says, okay, I'll hang out until you get a job and a place to stay. And so they sneak into this campground, and the next day they, they go into town, and Bob strikes out at every single place of employment. They go back to the campsite. The whole time, Randy keeps saying to Bob over and over again, Bob, I'm with you. We'll try again tomorrow. Next day, Bob strikes out again. Bob says, maybe we should just go home. Randy says, okay, Bob, I'm with you. Get in the car, and there's not much talking on the several-hour ride home. And when they get back, Bob says, I don't really know why I did. I just felt like I was welcome, and I just kind of followed Randy into his house. And I walked in, and I saw all these boxes all over. And it hit me. It wasn't Randy's girlfriend, half-open presents. It was now Randy's wife, and he had just gotten married, and he left his new wife because he saw a teenage kid who desperately needed help and was not in a place to do it on his own. The words, I'm with you, are powerful. But those words are really only powerful if we're present. Bob's words were said, I wouldn't have found who and what God had tailor-made for me if it wasn't for Randy. Sometimes the most encouraging words we say are, are, I am with you. But what's more powerful even than those words is our actual presence with those words. So you cannot encourage people you are not with. You must be present. We hear lots of things about like, well, you know, my relationship with God is just me and Jesus. Or we think it's just this individual decision we make. not, by the way, it's more than that. If you say yes to Jesus, you get to say yes to all of us. It's great. A lot of weird uncles and cousins and brothers and whatever else it is. It's a weird family. I'm the first to acknowledge. But when we say yes to Jesus, we say yes to his church. And so there's something powerful in our presence. Something so powerful that when we speak words that we can counter what others have even heard. So last year, we went through some stuff as a church, and I received a couple notes that questioned um, a lot about me, actually. Questioned whether I loved Jesus or not, whether I was really a Christian, all kinds of stuff I received via email or phone call or whatever else. And and i got to be honest with you, I don't think I could have made it through that season of time had it not been for others speaking encouraging words into my life. What about you? In those darkest nights, in those sleepless places, who spoke to you or who have you spoke to? See, actually today, I'm, I was conflicted all week. I, I found out Tuesday night, we, our kids, 
Our kids basically have taken the whole summer vacation. They've taken it literally, and they've been on vacation all summer. So Tuesday night, we met my, my mom in northern Indiana to, to take our kids back so they could leave again. Um, but we met them there, and the mom said, oh, by the way, your grandfather's getting this award at church on Sunday. I said, well, like, you're telling me today? As in, like, five days from now? And she goes, yeah. I didn't tell you before this? No. I actually probably would have come. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. So right now, they're actually probably about right now, they're showing a video clip that I recorded to just say thank you to my grandfather because what he has been in my life is just this model of encouragement, but also this model of what it looks like to live sacrificially. And so this morning, he'll hear encouraging words from me to him, and I hope they're as encouraging to him as they have been to me my whole life. Our words are powerful. But we speak words that either give life or take it away. We speak words that either build people up or tear people down. We really don't get to do much else. And so you and I get to make the decision, are we going to be cynical and critical and negative so that no one wants to be around us because we just suck the life out of people? Or are we going to learn to recognize we can see the world through the eyes of God and begin to see the Imago Dei, the image of God in all people, in all circumstances, irregardless of how desperate they may seem? We'll speak words of hope and love, peace. But sometimes when someone speaks something into us, it changes us in a way we never saw Now I need something more. What could be greater than a king? A hero. A king fights only for his nation. You fight for everyone. You didn't catch that line. I said, what could be greater than a king? Just a hero. A king fights only for his nation, but a hero fights for everyone. This really is the call of the church. I mentioned just a moment ago that we're called to see the Imago Dei, the image of God in all people. We're to see people through the eyes of Jesus, not even through our own eyes. So when we begin to see them that way, we can become people who are advocates for the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized. We can speak from places of power which are the antithesis of Jesus. And you and I have this choice. We can speak hope and love to people who don't hear those words. They don't know they have value, but when we begin to see the image of God in all people, in all places, in all circumstances, then and only then do we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Then and only then do we recognize that by speaking words of encouragement, we actually bring heaven to earth in how we live. What would happen if the church was the kind of place that when people gathered together, this people became the place that wherever we went, because the church does not go to a location, the church is. What if as the church is, it became the people who spoke with such encouragement that we really did speak life and hope into others? What if when I gathered with people who are part of the church, I couldn't help but want to be with them because they encouraged me and they spoke into my life in such a way that it changed me. What if we encourage one another so well that no one would want to miss being a part of anything we did? 
What if through our encouragement we bring heaven to earth? Jesus calls us even in this prayer. We must be participating together to be the church. You could say it this way. We should surround ourselves with people who speak life into us. We should be the kind of people who speak life to others. There may be people in our lives that we love, but they literally tear us down. I'm not saying don't have a relationship with them, but I'm saying don't put ourselves in positions for them to speak into our life. But find people who build you up, who speak hope. And if you go, man, I'm, do I speak hope or do I speak cynicism? Do I speak, speak joy and peace or do I speak negativity and vitriol? Like, ask that hard question of ourselves, because if it's the one, then no one wants to be around you. It doesn't build anybody up. It doesn't look like Jesus. In fact, I would encourage you to encounter Jesus, who Paul can say, well, from prison before death, I know joy in ways that you could never comprehend. That's why Paul reminds us, but we do this with one another. We cannot do this on our own. It is really hard to change by yourself. Have you noticed that? But someone can say to you, if you say to them, hey, I want to be someone who speaks encouragement into others' lives, will you call me out when I don't? Because <laughs> they're already thinking it. Now you're just asking them and giving them permission to do it. And they probably will. And you know what? Over time, you will change. We have a choice to build each other up, tear each other down, to speak hope or despair. See, the opposite of encouraging can lead to the other's inability to encourage. You and I can multiply encouragement or we can take it away. Because by how we speak, we remind others that God is setting the world right. The hope will win in the end. Then in the, in the end, God will redeem and restore and make all things new. And maybe we'll begin to recognize that encouraging in and of itself is heroic. Watch one last clip. One true king. At the end of the day, those of us who have decided to follow Jesus believe he really is the one true king. Aquaman doesn't get that line, although it's a great scene. The story of Aquaman is compelling, and it's got a hero, and it's got a villain, and it's got all the kind of things that make a great story. When we choose to recognize Jesus as king, we say that he's more than a hero. We do say he's the savior of the world. Today, the question is, will you believe that he really is the one who he says he is? Will you and I believe the words he speaks about us that tells us our value and our hope and our worth and our purpose? 
Will we become people who encourage one another with the words that we speak in the activity of our life? And will we recognize God is redeeming and restoring and making all things new? And he's doing it right now. So we're going to pray and then the praise team is going to come sing Unstoppable God because that really is the reality of who God is. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. This series, as we kind of look at film and faith and talk through what it looks like to see you present in things that we might miss otherwise. Will you help us in these moments to recognize that we can trust our faith and our future and our hope to you? Will you help us as we begin to, to see all around us that you are doing stuff to redeem and restore all that is broken in this world? 